Cha-cha heels. Regular, regular, regular pictures. Regular, regular, regular pictures. Regular, regular, regular pictures. Regular features. Hello and welcome to the Regular Features Podcast, the podcast that's exactly the same every week. My name is Steve Hogarty, the host and leader of the podcast crew. Hail Hogarty! I hate that the intro, such as it is, means that we can't interrupt you. <laughs> and you've created a seamless idea that we have to be led by you. And I'm living up to it right now. Yeah, who are you? I'm Josh Grebels. Thank you. Who are you? I am John Blythe, and I'm appalled at the shady cast on your intro. Why do you dispute his leadership, so. Oh, you're a little dweeb. I just, <laughs> I just want to kiss him. <laughs> I just want to kiss him from the chair to the next chair. Lean over. I want to kiss him off one chair with the force of my lips. Fucking smash him. He goes bouncing chair. around the room, eventually to land in a more comfortable chair. Uh, What's your mother effing features all about, boys? I am involved in a safe mystery. And it's still going on, would you believe it? It's all real, except the last bit. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> I let the Twitter get to me. It made me angry about one person, so I created another person with a simple sim, simple name, similar name. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm hoping that it's going to be a lot of fun. And like every week, I've had my bike stolen and went on a roundabout adventure to retrieve it using the help of two men who dressed all in black. That makes it sound like we did it. <laughs> using two of my good friends <laughs> on this, the Regular Features podcast. Did you know all of our features have something to do with crime? And that's why we're calling this Crimey Time Ago Go! <laughs> Thank you so much for solving why. <laughs> Inevitably, we'll have to make art and fucking the name of, because I struggle with that bit. Crimey timer, go, go. <sighs> Good. Like a regular feature. Regular vanilla feature. Malfunction. Malfunction. What's the closest either of you have ever felt to being in a Poirot book or film or TV show? Um, I was a stranger on a train once. <laughs> that's the one about yeah. fucking, isn't it? No, I think that's the one about swapping your motives. It was also remade into Throw Mama from the Train, starring... Was it really? ...everyone in the world. I, I couldn't think of anyone <laughs> in particular. directed Danny DeVito? by De Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> His directing... No, it wasn't his debut. That was a Cut Hitchcock. That out. It was a Hitchcock. Oh. <laughs> Is that Poirot? That was the first time anyone had ever heard of Danny DeVito. <laughs> uh, I was in a sort of bad Poirot book all weekend Ooh. in Nice, which is not where he's from, but he would fit in there, I think. Um, I went to Nice uh, with ten, 10 sort of hip young guns and me. Uh, and we was any of those young guns a loose cannon? <laughs> there certainly was, and you're about to hear about just a few of them, of course, <laughs> of this anecdote. Um, so I was in this 
a big old house outside of Nice. And it was a grand old time. We were pretending that we were all classier than we were. We were drinking Eperol Spritz and Negroni and <laughs> Cronenberg 1666. And so basic drinks just said in a pretentious accent. Hanging out <laughs> by a pool. <laughs> <laughs> Getting our tootsies wet in the pool. <laughs> Welcoming the sunshine with our bodies. And our open mouths. Uh, and just having a grand old time. And it was a very... Uh, Is this a holiday? Uh, it was a holiday controlled? for a friend's birthday. Oh, nice. Okay. And uh, the house was very well appointed, I mm. would say. Whose house was it? Was it his It house? was his girlfriend's parents' house. Right. Um, and they seem to do well for themselves, let me tell <laughs> you. Uh, proven by the fact that in the living room, they had a 16th century safe um, that they used to keep Uno in. (laughs) (laughs) The card game, Uno. We were told that the 16th century safe um, was purchased for somewhere in between 10 and 15,000 pounds. That's the amount um, of money that you'd keep inside a safe. Yeah, and it's all on the, the outside. They spent all the money in the safe. All they had left was a packet of Uno. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute ruin, this house, but the safe's immaculate. Um, to explain the safe, it's probably about four to five feet high. Um, it looks sort of like, maybe like a Cenobite's head. Um, it's sort of hobnailed. Or it's a big the, the, squ- the doctor who has bound like a ham head. <laughs> Imagine uh, a Cenobite who was, uh, what would they be uh, the vice of? They'd be the vice of... Vice of liking a puzzle Liking ironmongers a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, because <laughs> it's sort of a big rectangle slammed in with hobnails all over it. Big hobnails like an inch wide. Okay. Um, so it looks... Uh, imposing and grand at once. Looks sort of like armour for a safe. Um, and it sounds massive. The nails, did they, did they deter well, enemies? It's Stop a, you throwing and yourself they're not nails running pointing at out. it. They're nails pointed in, the right. hobnails. So they're like, I, I realise the Cenobite thing makes it seem like they'd be pointing out at mm-hmm. you. They are slammed into it, so it's like oh, the heads of heads, nails. The nails go in, don't they? It's all about his pain, not yours, yeah. if you try to kiss his scalp. Well, this is Pinhead, but extreme, because they've nailed them right in him. (laughs) (laughs) Clive Barker is going to have to up his game if he wants to. It would be Pinhead, but covered in sort of iron pustules. Um, This is all besides the point. It's a big old safe, and the interesting thing about it is that it is a trick safe. It has two keys, uh, one of which deals with the bolts, and one of which acts almost like a door handle that can be removed. Yeah. And something to do with this, as we found out, is that some of those nails can be moved and click in place and do little things. So it's got a secret pattern. Um, Or This is all by the by. It's just a very interesting safe. It's like a puzzle box. You press the wrong one and it just sprays the packet of Uno cards in blue ink, rendering it unplayable. (laughs) (laughs) I play Bluno and it's very easy. Uh, That night... uh, we had rather too many of our fancy drinks and rather too much sun had gone to our brains. I, like a good boy, got a headache and went to bed and ignored everyone and didn't say goodnight. And I felt mm-hmm. quite bad about it. But I felt fine when I woke up the next morning and someone said, 
Safe... We're stuck in the safe. We're no. all in the safe. Thankfully not. But <laughs> a string of text messages. <laughs> Someone <laughs> starting with them getting into the safe excitedly. Come, come on, Joe, come into the safe with us. Where are you, Joe? You're, you're going to miss the safe. So much of this is close. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Okay, so it's fine. It's I'd fine. I tread on your feature toes. Unfortunately, what you're describing is something slightly more exciting, but is m- more interesting as a result because. Uh, the safe overnight had been locked and no one knew how to get it open. One of the keys had been taken out and the keyhole itself had disappeared. What? (laughs) There was no trace of the keyhole into which that key was once in. Right? Better, the key was found next to a body of a passed out man. (laughs) They came in and a guy was strewn out on the floor Passed out completely, never went to bed, and just the key next to his hand. So everyone's like, he's done it, he's taken it out, something's happened to he's, the safe. He's, he's taken, taken the, key the out. keyhole. He's I, taken the keyhole out. Search his body for our keyhole. He took the key out, the keyhole came with it. He and just, it, and oh, it and popped it, it in his mouth. It healed. <laughs> um, so everyone's like, well, here we go. We've, we've solved this. Um, <laughs> he's done it. Uh, we've solved this short mystery. Yeah. But what happened was everyone blamed him. And then we were like, okay, so we just need to get the safe open again. Can't be that hard. And we start messing with it. And we're like pushing the things. We know they have to be part of the sequence. We're like, we can make the keyhole come back. That makes sense. Um, And as part of this, someone takes out the other key and its keyhole snaps out of view again because part of the sequence is just getting the keyholes to open Uh, in the first place. So it has these discrete panels that go... And close up the keyholes when yeah. it's not in use. Does anyone in the world surviving know how to use this safe? Yes, but they come later. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have a perpetrator. We break the safe more. It won't work. We can't make the keyholes come back. And then someone checks their phone and goes, Oh my God, I found some evidence. <laughs> Right? What the fuck is happening? (laughs) And what we're shown is a video that's about a minute and a half. Uh, Before I play this to you, uh, this isn't like the monkey blowjob picture that I've talked about before. Mm -hmm. I'm not showing this to anyone else because it incriminates several people in what may still be an ongoing case of expensive safe... The opposite of safe cracking. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So safe securing. Yeah, I think you say breaking the safe. I think you're restoring the safe to its purest form. Well, I'd say the purest form of a safe is one that opens and closes, <laughs> dependent on who's using it. Um, I'm going to show you both the video that I saw. Hello, we don't have any audio of the video that Joe's just shown us on his phone. So here's the next best thing that I could find. To explain what we've just seen is two men crammed into this safe together. 
uh, almost completely, one leg sticking out. Uh, they both climb out, one's in his pants, he shouts, ta-da, and closes the safe with what became known as the smoking gun double click. <laughs> <laughs> Just two lovely lads enjoying one another's company. Bodies. Yeah, the and their proximity. Bodies exploring one another's boundaries. Exactly. Inside a 16th century safe. <laughs> yes, that's what happens. Once you're in the uh, safe, you're in the safe. You might as well enjoy each other's bodies. <laughs> my, my immediate thought was, imagine if we could show the incredibly skilled craftsman who made this in the 16th century, <laughs> this video of two fucking idiots wow. climbing around inside his presumably life's work. That's got to take ages. Yeah. Um, what would the equivalent today be? It'd be like someone who, who made a... Who builds a Ford Escort and is forced to watch a hologram of aliens floating around inside it? <laughs> yeah, that checks out as an analogy. Yeah, <laughs> is that your implication that to a 16th century craftsman, two men of different races in one safe is equivalent yeah, to alien like holograms? Formless beings of pure energy. <laughs> uh, so at that point. Everyone shifts the blame to the man involved in the double click. Um, He's not the guy who was passed out on the He ground. was not. He was someone quite other. Um, and really, that's actually kind of where this Poirot mystery stops. At this point, like, so that very easily could have been a double click with somebody inside the safe. We found another video that I can't show you because I don't have it of a man in, a, in the safe. It was timestamped five minutes before that. It's the guy filming that video inside oh. the safe with a little glass of whiskey and they're closing the door on him. And oh they're closing my God. And, they're closing and reopening the door and there's no clicks. So something's different between Whoa. those two videos. But it's so easily That's... possible that a man was stuck in a safe for a weekend in Nice. <laughs> that fucker is airtight, my boy. Yeah, it's insane, right? So, this story uh, could have been so different. This could have been like a life-changing moment. This story wouldn't have been on this podcast if a man was stuck in that safe and had died with a whiskey in his hand. <laughs> as Johnny Cash-like as that sounds, it wouldn't be good. Um, so after this, essentially all the blame forever has been put on that guy, my friend who climbed out of the safe, Yeah, um, the double-clicker. And... We kind of turned it into a running joke. We would say Tadara at him a lot. Um, <laughs> and at that point, some of us became obsessed with opening the safe. And others became obsessed with, don't touch the safe, let's, leave the let's safe pretend alone. pretend we're having a holiday, forget the safe. I'm very much in the former camp. <laughs> um, fix the safe. A few of us... Is that because you wanted to solve the puzzle or because you thought you were going to get in trouble? No, I'm outside of the blame. Okay. I was definitely in bed, provably in bed, probably, and I just wanted to solve the puzzle because... It was really fun. We were messing around with the hobnails. We realized four of them were integral to the puzzles. We managed to get two of the keyholes open, got both the keys back in. You could feel the bolts undo on the big key, and then the small key would turn, and you could feel the latch moving, but nothing was happening. You couldn't open it. And we went looking, and turns out tons of videos on YouTube of These people opening safes. giant old <laughs> safes. Um, and the most common thing I could notice is that between opening the keyholes 
and the keys turning is there's often one more thing but it seems to vary wildly. It's almost like a signature for the safes. Oh. So some people had like a tiny extra like pin key that you would put into a tiny near invisible hole to let the latch turn or like others would have various different things. And we just couldn't work out what the one sequence was. This is so exciting. Yeah. I love that safe exists. Yeah, this is so good, but you're not going to get any of the actual solution because the own, owner of the house is daughter who was very kindly letting us stay quite rightfully came in and said stop fucking with my safe he was emailing me emailing me (laughs) (laughs) it's simply safe and it and was just like stop messing with it leave it alone uh and so to you as all of us as we're trying to do it and we were like you know what probably should let them have their way. 16th century safe is lad catnip. (laughs) (laughs) Guys in swimming trunks and sunglasses on fucking with keys made hundreds of years ago. Um, Just ragging them about, being like, "Ah, it's got to work, it's got to be a test of strength. Um, (laughs) Tipping the safe over. Yeah, the safe was making us look like pussies. (laughs) (laughs) Pussies. <laughs> <laughs> fucking kicking the safe. Uh, fucking the safe to show it who's in charge. Stop, stop stepping on my feature. Um, and then, uh, so basically, for the rest of the weekend, the safe haunted my dreams. Uh, during that weekend, just as sort of an addendum to this, the safe is still not open, I should say, as of today. I checked just before the podcast. Uh, we went to the man who sold them the safe in the most charming antique shop I've ever seen in a backstreet niece backstreet uh he was great and we <laughs> the, went in the mean backstreets of nice my friend the one in that video went in and thought the easiest way to ask and this is he's not this person from these kind of anecdotes but he walked in he went mm, hello uh we have how you say a safe <laughs> i just started doing english full english sentences but in a french accent <laughs> Mm, magnificent. <laughs> uh, the guy was very confused because he was like, "Cool, good." <laughs> He's like, "Oh no, it's a safe you you sold." Uh, and he remembered having sold this safe, but did not remember the sequence. The guy who owns the safe doesn't know how to open it. Well, so we were scared of telling the owners, so we were doing everything we could to not have to tell them that any of this had happened. But when he walked into the room and said, "Get away from my freaking no, sorry. safe," the owners, the parents, weren't there. Okay, and so. They were like far away, and we had we the, there was the looming idea that we would have to phone them to say something's happened to the right. safe. But who shooed you away from the safe? Uh, the owner's daughter, who was like, ah, okay, stay. yes. Um, and uh, so we kind of were rebuffed by him. He said, "I could come out at some point, but I can't do it while you're here." And then eventually, there was apparently a call to the parents, who found it very funny, and somewhere have a video of the safe being opened. But we still don't know whether it's going to be any more than we've done. So we're in a limbo zone of, is the safe broken, or is the safe ready to be cracked? Uh, I think you don't, you don't get to be a 16th century safe that's still not Without breaking today. a few eggs. <laughs> without, without being I resilient. Mean, um, I would like to see... Every, just a, a montage of all the drunken idiots who've been in that safe over the last five centuries. That's actually a really good point. I do, I do wonder whether we were the first people to do it or whether there's a rich, dusty DNA history of pricks yeah. larking about on mead. But the catchphrase in that montage is people saying, ta-da! Yeah, exactly, every single time. 
yeah. So I've been haunted by the idea that I couldn't solve the safe. Um, and so I just wanted to present a short list of what I think could be the possible sequence solutions to the safe. Mm. Um, the final piece of the puzzle before the keys are turned. The signature move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so could it be that the four trick nails push in four directions each, with each push direction representing a letter of the alphabet? Those 16 se- 16 discrete letter pushes must be used to spell out U-N-L-O-C-K-P-L-E-A-S-E-H-A-B-E. A N I C E D A Y S A F E, which, if you are a code breaker, you will realize <laughs> spells the words unlock, please, have a nice day safe <laughs> because of an olden days typo. <laughs> or could it be that before inserting the first and second keys, you have to whisper mama's home into the keyholes, one word for each? <laughs> or. Could it be that you have to grab the safe's two front legs and pull them apart, like how naughty boys at school tell you is an instant kill method for dogs? Dogs, yeah. And then the safe will pop open like an advent calendar door, and so, you'll hear a whisper on the wind saying, Oh, bloody hell, my knees. <laughs> it is it's true. It's like using their legs like chopsticks on their heart. <laughs> yeah. like a or, German Shepherd's ribcage just pop just open. just explodes out of his <laughs> mouth like the thing. Yeah. <laughs> or... Do you have to fuck the safe? And then after four months, it will fart out a whining baby safe made entirely of bronze. And then you work out the combination for the baby safe. And when you open it, you'll find a third key, which goes into the seemingly broken nail hole that I forgot to mention earlier in this, where I think someone broke off one of the nails while we were trying to open it. But don't tell anyone. But you will have killed the baby safe in the process. Was it worth it? Well, or make another one in four months. Yeah, short I'm, gestation. I'm glad I now know the gestation period of a safe. Uh, or is it the two fingers must be inserted simultaneously into each keyhole, kind of like that scene in the Mummy, except instead of scarabs, it's all just mush in there. That's, not, what, that's not how to open a safe. That's how you, how you get around me. <laughs> what, what kind of mush? Who cares? Push that mush aside. Push the mush. <laughs> Or is it that you look under the safe and what do you see? A little picture of a snake. Give the little snake a little kiss and when you get back up, the safe is open. When you look back underneath, the snake will be smiling and raising his tail in a curtsy as if to say, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Or do you keep whispering to the safe that the music of 16th century Dutch composer Jan Pieterzoon V. Link is shithouse and eventually it will burst its big door, out, door mouth open to disagree, but you can catch it mid-gasp and stuff all your unos back in? <laughs> <laughs> or is it that one person must stand behind the safe, another in front, and then you rock the safe back and forth and hoot like animals? I forgot to finish that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that one. Had your, had your train arrived in London. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or is it that you push the big button on the top that says, Open the Chunky Boy in calligraphic script? Could it be any of them? I don't know yet, and it's killing me. <laughs> I'm Gandalf, and I put a spell on you because you're mine. The minds of Moria, that is. <laughs> Regular feet. Oh, fucking hell. What's wrong? Every time I sit in the front angle, my... My slightly bruised ass. Oh, from the banister. Kicks in. Yeah, I, I reversed onto a banister 
And it kind of went into between my butt cheeks in a way that was quite painful and made me feel like I was going to faint. Oh. As in like, and then... You didn't say it was that bad. Did it go well, into your pelvis? <clears throat> it kind of bumped into the bones, but apparently just that's where all, all the muscle from your glutes bunches up Ooh. in a kind of powwow around your butthole. <laughs> 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 hey, left blue, what you been up to? Power around the butthole. <laughs> so there's a lot of nerves there. So they're telling ghost stories around the campfire. There's your butthole. <laughs> Dark little cat fiends out of a tin. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope the volcano in the middle of the campsite doesn't erupt tonight. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, yeah. but I've got nothing more to say that, but. A day and a half later, and I'm still going, ooh! Watch I, out for banisters. I just wait from one dark to the other. Is it oh. your banister that you reversed into? Or was it someone else's? Well, I'm not, yeah. Even if it, wasn't, if it was someone else's banister, I wouldn't, I'd still blame myself rather than go on a crusade. I would just have that banister marked out as a threat in my head. What shape oh, yeah. banister? Was it one of those banister endings that's got like a big acorn on it? No, it was kind of, it's a... Plank of wood that's been sawn off at the end, so there's a kind of sharp arc at yeah. the top of it. And that a arc, sharp arc to the powwow. <laughs> <laughs> so when I kind of came down, with, I went on it with a kind of downward force because I was reversing downstairs carrying a box, which is doing that diagonally. I was asking for trouble. Mm. <laughs> what made you reverse? Had you seen someone that you thought had died? I was turning around to check to make sure my coat was still there thinking, where have I left my coat? With a, I had a box full of stuff. I was turning around at the top of a pair of stairs. A pair oh, of stairs? Not even a pair of stairs. It was a full <laughs> flight. That banister's unnecessary. And, um, yeah. Uh, oh, did I mention that? I was on a skateboard. <laughs> no, basically, I deserve everything I get. I was an arsehole. Oh. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry, but that's why I'm wincing. Mm. I hope you can understand that, even if you don't feel any sympathy for me. Have you held a mirror up to the injury to see if it's been visibly bruised? Oh, like when that you... seems a little bit self-help to me, just squatting over a mirror and shouting, I love you, anus! I, it's like those pictures that always confused me in sort of uh, sex ed lessons at school, where it would show women examining themselves with a hand mirror, and I never understood. And then I thought... Oh wait! Why is she using that I'd hand have to do on that her fanny? That's, my that's not for hands. Uh, yeah. Were the women looking at their buttholes? No, but I'm just saying, you shift position a little. What do you see? Oh my yeah. god! Powwow! <laughs> powwow in full swing. <laughs> they do not appreciate the attention. They do not want to be looked at. They're there to have a powwow. So. My Twitter today has been fucking full of Randy Pitchford. Mm. And I am not a part of the video games industry anymore. I don't give a shit <laughs> about anyone in the industry, any of the games in it, or... I don't think that's... I think you are an inextricable essence of the video no, games no, industry. No, I actually... I'm really looking forward to Borderlands 3. I'm an arsehole for Borderlands. And the fact that Randy Pitchford is part of that... It's something I hate because ever since I first clapped cognition on Randy Pitchford, I hated him. Really? Even before I knew what this fickle piece of molten slag he was. He, so he is the producer 
Yes, Randy Pitchford is the, one of the high ups. He's a very, very high up at Gearbox Games. The people who made that and some other catastrophic bullshit. Is they made Posing cult? Force, the expansion for Half Life Two, and that was where they got mm. the. Is that what got the shit from? And then they spun off from that. And uh, yeah, he, I mean, I like, I like Gearbox. I like. I'm sure that all the people who work there are lovely, but they, I'm sure that they labour under this fucking idiot figurehead that gets to say bullshit and lie and be a cunt. And, 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 and. He's so, a yeah. magician as well. Did and, you know well, this? Well, as, as if his behaviour wasn't enough. Magicians, as Gav has repeatedly said on this podcast, are arseholes. <laughs> <laughs> He's a marketer and a magician, two people whose main MO is to deceive you. And... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, I don't know. The latest thing was just some the voice actor of Claptrap isn't doing the voice for Borderlands Three, and he's said something about there was some payment thing where he wasn't paid. It was part of his job while I was at Gearbox. He he was working at Gearbox and he did the voice work for no extra pay, and he asked for retrospective royalties if he was going to do the voice for Borderlands Three. Eh, I have no interest in that. Mm. Fine, whatever. But um, Randy Pitchford said he seems very very bitter and disgruntled, which um, is um, classic gaslighting bullshit from your man Pitchford. Well, isn't it uh, Hmm. also a unions thing? He's refusing to use unionised voice actors. Apparently. That that would not surprise me at all. I just want to point out, I don't handle news for my gaming company anymore, so don't come at me saying I don't know my shit. Oh, I don't care anymore. Everything I know is from people on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a, a strong personality on Twitter. I know when, when Game Informer ran a news story about the new Borderlands uh, microtransactions, they had some story about, about how Randy Pitchford had said there will be no microtransactions and then there will be some paid cosmetic things. And they yeah, ran a story. What's a microtransaction? Like, there are microtransactions. And Randy Pitchford's response to Game Informer, he replied. In, why are you in doing Twitter this form. to me, Game Informer? It's like, why are you fucking me like this? Fucking hell. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he has a, a force majeure. It's just. I don't know what a force majeure is. <laughs> it's a Swedish film. A very good one of that. And a creamy pasta dish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I. All it just brought back all my hatred for these sort of big auteur names. Well, he's not even auteur, is he? He's just a marketing guy. But like Peter Molyneux, who I kind of just sat there seething all day. How do these people get to these positions? Just sit there saying shit all the time. That's not. I can't talk about this. I don't know anything about him. What I. But I have invited a guest on tonight. Um, who is nothing like him. <laughs> Is, uh, he's from a parallel universe in which um, I think the only link is... Well, I think he, let him explain for it himself, eh? Mm. Hello. <laughs> I didn't know what my voice is yet. <laughs> I've got to work this one. I'm working... Sh- I've got to workshop this one out. I'm Rondi Porchford. <laughs> Come in. Come in. Have a sit down. I'm just, just, just stubbing out a little cigarette on this Alsatian's... Tiny wet nose. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Rondi Potts. Rondi, hello. Rondi, Rondi, hello, yes. I'm welcome, Rondi Potts. Welcome to our podcast. Oh. You may come and sit down. Don't invite us to sit down yeah. on our podcast. Yes. You rude bastard. Yeah, why are you fucking me like this? <laughs> <laughs> you are, while you're here, you operate under my 
pretensions. My world, speaking as a magician, is truth. Oh, you are a magician? I am a magician who lies. <laughs> <laughs> but Rondi Portrait, I hear you ask. Don't you mean notorious video game piece of shit, Randy Pitchford? Well, that, my friend, is a funny story. I come from a universe which has a total dickhead equivalence to your own. The only thing that's different is all of the specific details and some of the vowels. So while every one of my actions is as fucking annoying and reprehensible as your Randy Pitchford, all of the specifics of my actions are legally distinct from Randy Pitchford's, some of which I believe are the subject of litigation. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Everything I, Randy Pitchford, do is a kind of entangled thing on a fundamental level of us both being inexplicable dickheads whose name keep cropping up because they do magic tricks during interviews and lie. <laughs> and tonight, I want to fight your way. I want you two, my, my new, let's call you acolytes, I want you to fight your way through my moral maze. <laughs> oh, no. Now this, this is like Radio 4's moral maze, except I am the dungeon master, and the maze is a literal maze with I don't know, fucking Borderlands 3 in the middle. Join me in a world of adventure. You enter the moral maze. There is a junction. You have a ball of string. There are exits to the north and the east. What do you do? What do you do? Let's go north. I yeah, think. north, please. Yep, brilliant. There is a Medusa. <laughs> oh no, she's waving her snakes all around her And if she sees you, you'll die Quickly, you've got to punch her You don't have a choice You have got to choose to punch her in the snakes What do you do? I, I, I think we'll just punch her in the just snakes Punch her right in the snakes Ah, like a real magician I have just forced a card on you <laughs> <laughs> And also... I did another magical trick of an, uh, creating an illusion by lying. <laughs> it, is not a mu- it is not a Medusa at all. It is an Alsatian. <laughs> you have just punched an Alsatian, and now it is confused. Now, this pleases me greatly. I thrive on confusion and people not having enough information to call me a lying piece of shit before it is too late. Anyway, enough of that. I am bored of the moral maze now. Let's do a script instead. I have written a script called Rondi Potchford's Diary of Delights. Can we all perform the script I have done, please? Yes. Yes. Good. (laughs) Absolutely. You're you're in my magical realm now. You had best do as I say. Teehee, I'm Rondi Potchford. I have the ability to change my voice using magic. You wouldn't understand it because you are a muggle. Where shall I go today? What manner of location befits my status? I will go to my neighbor's house and shout through the letterbox. Hello, neighbor. Can you hear me? It is Rondi Potchford, your magical neighbor who lies. Let me in and I will show you a wonderful secret. Thank you for letting me into your house, neighbor. Now let me tell you my secret. I have poisoned your Alsatian (laughs) and hidden the antidote in this bucket of sick. You have two minutes to find the vial of... (laughs) You have two minutes to find the vial of antidote. 
But watch out! One of the files is more poison, and another one is methamphetamines that will make your dog so aggressive that I will be forced to shoot him. And now, to Twitter, where I will slag you off for letting some asshole poison your dog. <laughs> so, yeah, that... You know what my favourite thing? <laughs> you know what? Do you know what my favourite thing about that script was? No, Randy. Was it his changing voice? His changing voice? Magic. It was a delight, it was a twinkling delight to my ears to hear myself portrayed in so many different voices. Wall-to-wall Pitchfords. You can't beat that, can you? Pochfords. Wall-to-wall Pochfords. Fuck! <laughs> Sorry, the multiverse is collapsing. You'll have to, you'll have to forgive me. You have to legally forgive me. You, to, you shouting at the multiverse. Why are you fucking me like this? <laughs> anyway, put that behind you. That's, that's years ago now. You can't bring me up on old things like fucking physical assault or embezzling 12 million. That's not that. You can't fucking do that. Have you heard about my new project? I haven't, Rondy. I'm working on this interactive quiz. It's called, Are You Rondy? Like the Potchford? Well, let me ask you this question, and once I have your answer, I will produce my magical Rondy scope and tell me how many Potchfords are in you. Is that the whole title? That yes. whole thing's a title? Yeah, yeah. italicised, capitalised, <laughs> small, small caps. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So here's your situation. You are, you are in a barn. There is a trebuchet, a bale of hay, a Cuban cigar. <laughs> Just as you are about to cast a magic spell that would make playing cards fly out of your tear ducts, an Alsatian walks in and offers you his paw. What do you do? Do you A. Shake the Alsatian's paw and train him to be on magician's assistant, earning his trust over the course of a year before shutting him in an Iron Maiden on purpose and then shouting, Was this your card, motherfucker? <laughs> while he bleeds out. Physically, well, this is option B, by the way, I should clear that. Physically abuse the dog in a Marriott and then go onto Twitter <laughs> and tell the dog that you petted him twice as much as Alsatian union requirements demanded. If anything, you say with absolute sincerity because you truly believe your lies during the duration of you saying them, I am the victim here. Or do you see... Put the Alsatian in the trebuchet, fire him out of that hole that Barnes have in the top of the triangle bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if those holes have a special name, but you know the bit I mean. There's a blue medallion hanging in one of them in the village in Resident Evil 4, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and well, there's certainly a barn with a ladder up to a mezzanine area. I mean, do barns have mezzanines? Is that... But anyway, that's where I found out that there was a ladder and you could kick the ladder down. And that's when I found out that the villagers could actually fucking pick the ladders back up that you kick down. And this, I thought, fuck me, this changes everything. <laughs> and then you light the cigar and burn the hay in the barn down. <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> uh, B. C. Burn a trebuchet with a dog in it. Nice. You. It's good that you want to burn the dog, but I like the fact that the dog gets catapulted out to safety only to die from impact trauma miles away. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But anyway, they're all pretty much things that I'd do. Sorry. They're all Potchfords. <laughs> classic Potchford Classic moves. <laughs> But what I was and doing... You can read about them in the Washington Puss. <laughs> <laughs> is... Of all the vowels to replace <laughs> the O in that. Washington passed to the historical document. <laughs> but anyway, you know that? All that bullshit about Resident Evil 4... Classic magician distraction. While I was talking to you about that, I just embezzled millions of dollars from you because I think I'm worth it and only fucking muggles play fair. I am Rondi Potchford, the magician who lies, but lies about legally distinct things from your magician who lies, Randy Pitchford. <laughs> Enjoy your loot crates in Borderlands 3, you fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> And now it's time for Steve's regular features. Steve's bike hunting recovery stolen bike adventure. Someone on Twitter gave you good wheel hunting as a pun today. Why didn't you use it? Right. <laughs> now it's time for Steve's regular feature. Steve's good wheel hunting. Nice. <laughs> as you all know, I am CTAM's premier e-bike correspondent. Mm. I review e-bikes, electric bikes. Bikes that whiz you around, whiz you around town, up and down hills. I'm something of an expert when it comes to the matter of e-bikes. <laughs> and I've been reviewing a new e-bike. It's mm. called a Van Moof S2 Electrified. <laughs> I assumed name. when I saw Van Moof that that was the thing that you had called your own pet bike <laughs> to make it sound like a, a Dutch detective. <laughs> like a stealth bike. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to pick it up too much uh, because I have subsequently been accused of shilling for them when, in fact, I, I just really enjoyed riding it around. Who accused you of shilling? People on Twitter. We'll, no get, we'll get back to that. But it's got this... It's very security-focused. It has A. It's got an invisible rear wheel lock that you kick with your toe, and it makes the rear wheel not move. And if you try to move it, a scary skull appears on the crossbar and goes... <laughs> it's really weird that the skull makes a non-human or ghost it, noise. It makes a wildcat sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it do, it's like the closest the world has ever come to that bullshit in Watch Dogs 2 uh, where they have skulls and like fun hacker shit with incongruous meme jokes and it's also got a security feature whereby if your bike does get stolen they dispatch a special team of bike hunters who, <laughs> who will track down the bike because it's got GPS and a SIM card built into it so it knows its own location and it can report back where it is. So I rode this bike. So, oh, to, so wait. So, so if you were a tunnel dweller, you could steal as many van moofs as you liked. Yeah, if you're storing them underground or in it's some easy. sort of aluminium shielded cage. Why would you? Some sort of Faraday cage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> filled with bikes. I'm the van moof Faraday thief. <laughs> Strikes again. <laughs> I rode this bike to um, Joe's birthday drinks hello uh, yesterday mm. oh happy birthday joe thanks mate shit sorry about sorry for not saying that it's at f- any other point absolutely fine in bethnal green mm. and i thought we're safer to lock up your bike than london's bethnal green 
I can think of crime safe space <laughs> previously in this podcast. In that nice. you should have cycled to, cycle to Nice. <laughs> I locked it up outside the bar. Mm. I intended to stay for a couple of hours and hop back on it. And I returned uh, during <clears throat> drinks. I remarked, like, this bike's got this amazing security feature where like, tr- they'll track the bike down if it gets stolen. So, like, oh, part of me kind of thinks it would be a good thing if the bike got stolen because then I'd get to experience the the whole bike recovery aspect of the, of the product, and that would be nice. So, I got back to where the bike was locked up, and the fucking thing was just gone. <laughs> Did what you-, was, you, you posted a picture of what was left. What that, was that? So that was... Just a handle or some part of the lock? Sliced the, off lock? It was the arm of a D-lock mm. that uh. had just been cut cut through. Bloody hell. And the bike was nowhere to be seen. And even though I'm reviewing the bike and it's a temporary loan, mm. I still felt like that that sort of gut-wrenching feeling when something is just goes missing. Mm. I don't know if you've ever had a bike stolen before. But I have Yeah, I have, yeah. Such a horrible feeling. You go back to the spot where you knew it was parked. You look around thinking, it might, I might have just forgot where I parked it. And then you just go back to where you knew you parked it and just stare at the area thinking, maybe there's an outline of a bike there that I just haven't noticed <laughs> yeah. yet. Yeah, and it's <laughs> a slow approach as you walk up to the bike rack right. and you go, you always think, is my bike still there? Yeah. And then, like... Then you'll sort of see the handlebars and it's like, yeah, that's my bike. And every, then, every time I walk, go to my pub in the morning, I think, oh, thank fuck, the doors are still shut. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, like, it's horrible. Imagine if they'd bust all your fucking pub. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so I had that feeling as I was walking up to, to where the bike used to be. And um, yeah, it, it wasn't there. So on the app, I pressed the big button that says that my bike has been stolen. And then I called the police to say, oh, this, this bike's been stolen and got on the tube and went home. The next morning, I was in email <coughs> contact with the pure person in Amsterdam who'd sent the bike over. And it's like, I'm really sorry, your bike got stolen. And the PR person says, no, this is perfect PR. In fact, we stole it. <laughs> they, Oh, my God. Yeah. That's possibly it. You know what? I honestly thought that this might have happened. Wait. Ron Devon move. That's weird. <laughs> Ron Devon move. <laughs> the magician and liar. The magician and away bike PR. Bike. <laughs> uh, so they sent me the link to a GPS tracking website that showed me where the bike was last seen. Once an hour, the bike would update its position in uh-huh. Bethnal Green. And it gave you like a. I'd say like a 500 meter wide radius to search within, I which saw, is a lot of. I saw that circle on your Twitter feed. And yeah, it did seem like a lot of roads to walk around. It's a lot of roads to walk around. So I started walking, and I was walking for about half an hour up around places where I kind of just suspected that it would have gone. Like I think it would have gone mm, towards where the, the houses. Well, I was going to say, what kind of profiling was happening here? <laughs> Um, so there was a council estate mm. and I was like, okay, I'm going to walk into this council estate and look in all the gardens and, and see if it's there. And it was like, I got very lucky. I walked around this, um, council estate and there was like a green area in the middle. And in order to get to the opposite side, you had to walk a really long route all the way around the houses, which I did. And... When I got to a dead end at the very end, there was a guy sitting on his porch smoking a cigarette, and I walked past him, 
turned around to look at a corner and there it fucking was. <gasps> the oh. Van Roof bike. Had you been guided down there using intelligent level design? <laughs> <laughs> all the all the washing on lines was pointing yeah. in that direction. There's some yeah. green tarpaulin. Yeah. <laughs> and so I made I made out that I was looking for a way to get back across the green, so I didn't look like I was like scouting for my bike because I thought maybe this guy was the guy who nicked it. And um, walked back out of the estate and called the police. And it's like, oh, um, I report my bike stolen yesterday. Uh, I've just found it. And the guy was like, how did you do that? It's like, well, it's got all this GPS built into it. And I was right next and to the And he was like, Green. what a world! Well <laughs> done, kid! <laughs> what is this amazing bike called? It's called a Van Moof S2 Electrified. <laughs> Price to start from £3,200. Jesus Christ! I don't know, that's yeah. a crazy name. <laughs> <laughs> that's Van Moof, V-A-N-M-O-O-F. Van Moof. And uh, in the meantime... Mode. The Van Moof bike hunting team were out, also trying to track down my bike. So I gave them a call. It's like, look, look, boys, I've sort of beaten you at your own game here. Wait, sorry. So you were walking around Bethnal Green, and then there were what I assume were handsome, muscled, mustachioed men from Dutchland yeah. walking around the same 500 meters circle. Yeah. That's cool. And they were, they were looking for the bike too. Nice. I told them, I was like, look, I've, I've found this bike. And they came to meet me. Outside the outside the estate, it's like, look, guys, I think the perp has copped me, and he may be moving the bike any time now. Really? So, oh, because of the because the bank. guy the guy sitting on the porch, and I said, I called the police. He said that they're going to meet me here, and then the guy patted his bag, and it's like we could be waiting ages for the police. Let's go get your motherfucking bike. Did he say that? He didn't say motherfucking. Oh, that's he's cool. professional. Um, he said Van Moofin bike. <laughs> Van Moofin bike. So we went back into the estate, and he told me what we we're going to do. It's like we're going to we're going to put our own our, our own lock on the bike, so that they can't they can't move the bike anymore. Which has a second skull on it, which screams at a slightly different pitch. <laughs> a minor third. <laughs> you might know the one on the bike is a cheetah, but the one on the D lock is a cougar. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, if the cheetah didn't scare them, the cougar will. damn will. Wait, so they put another lock on the bike? Yeah. But the whole point of this is that someone soared through your lock and took your bike away. I think the Van Moof people probably have access to higher grade locks than Steve's. Sawproof locks. <laughs> it was kryptonite. It was the cheapest kryptonite D lock that they do. But it was one of the D locks where they kryptonite sells you like an insurance policy with it. Like if someone cuts through it, then we'll give you the money for your bike back. Really? Van Moof's excluded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to say Van Moof's excluded. <laughs> excluded. <laughs> So we got to the bike, and then uh, the guy pulls out an angle grinder, and it's like... Which is, this is your Van Moof guy, not the guy on the stairs. Van Moof guy. Yeah. The guy in the stairs had disappeared. He's no longer relevant to the story, because he's gone. Um, pulled out an angle grinder, cut through it, tore off the other guy's lock, grabbed the bike, and we just walked out of there. Cool as Larry. Except the skull kept the screaming, skull kept screaming. <laughs> over and over again. We could not placate him. The skull <laughs> loved his new owner. <laughs> he treated me right. Bring me back! Stockholm Syndrome had set in. The skull just kept screaming the name of his new owner. I, I can make him love me. <laughs> 
It's like the film room, but with a bike. <laughs> and then the police met us on the way out of the estate, and they were like, "Oh, like, can you can you prove that you own this?" Bike man with an angle grinder. Because this fucking skull doesn't seem to think so. We're trying to muffle the skull with our hands. <laughs> you holding the skull, just, just, just sitting on it. You know, that, you know that thing where like light shines through your hand and it goes yeah. appearing. You've got this lit up skull hand. But it, but it actually sounds muffled as well. Yeah. Like, Stop it! I love my daddy. <laughs> Um, the policeman started like explaining to me that how it's technically not illegal to steal your own property. Mm. And I was like, but you well, may have committed criminal damage on another man's lock. Yes, yes that's exactly what he said. Oh, <laughs> brilliant! But at the same time, he says he finds it very unlikely. He thinks it's very unlikely that this man's going to call the police. His <laughs> <laughs> broken brass lock. balls on him, being like. Fuck it, zero sum game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, but like he was out. Like he was saying, like you know what? There's a chance that this guy bought this bike for a hundred pounds down Brick Lane. Yeah, and you can you can try and pretend that you didn't know you were buying a stolen bike. No, like, no courts would would hear it. But you could have due process in claiming that you thought you were buying a legal bike. Yeah, so. That's maybe where the the grey area comes in. How long but, was it between your bike getting stolen and you setting about it with an angle grinder with the Van Moof boys? Twelve hours it was stolen for. That's a very quick turnaround. I yeah. think the yeah. guy just wanted it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't I think, think there's a, like a cool Harry Potter style midnight bike sale on Brick Lane <laughs> anywhere. Like, you Jesus. knock on a door three times and a bike answers. It's like, come in, I've got plenty of me. <laughs> But without when it's stolen, when it's marked as stolen, um, all of the electronics in the bike shut off. So it's an electric bike. So when you pedal, it like assists you and it mm. like boosts you along and stuff. And when it's not, it should use the battery to reverse pedal. <laughs> you, you reverse back to the lock it's been stolen from. <laughs> Fires you backwards. <laughs> the van move catches another thief by reversing him directly to a prison. <laughs> <laughs> Special van move gate. <laughs> oh, that's really but the um, so they would have been riding it around with no um, assistance, and it's a 19 kilo bike, so it's really hard to cycle when it's not got any power. Mm. And the skull would have been screaming at them the entire time, <laughs> which must have gotten really annoying. Yeah. I can't, I can't believe they got all the way back and locked it up. Like, it's fucking skull. And what was, I don't know what... Oh, I don't know what the, it's fucking cha-cha heels again. It just sounds like your cat calling everyone as you cycle down the road. So shut up, bike. bike. I'm just a thief. I'm not a sexual harasser. <laughs> I don't know what the long, what the what the what the next step would have been to try and, you know, de- deactivate the angry skull that's haunting them. What's Just, the skull powered by? How long does the skull go? Is as it long as there's battery, battery power. <laughs> you should, be able, to, yeah, it just stays you should on. be able to use your phone to shout things through the skull. Oh, that would that, be that, an yeah. amazing feature. And it, 
they should have a mic so you can actually have a conversation with it. Like, hi, I'm your new skull. Where do you want to go today? Within three months, there would be a love story <laughs> of someone who shouted through the skull and then tried to get to know their thief. I just want you to put your taint on my jawbone. <laughs> You'd go on Reply All and it would be a yes, yes, no about a fucking meme about this skull that fell in love with a woman thief. Yeah. Well, a couple of people on Twitter... Um, as I said, accused me of being a shill for Van Move because because I had tweeted about the security features of the bike like That's two true. days before the bike got stolen. Yeah, it, it did seem convenient. It seemed I will really say. convenient. If and I, I didn't totally... just know, I didn't know how fucking wholesome you were. Yeah, if you were. I don't know. Someone else in the industry who I didn't like, I'd be the first to call you a shill. <laughs> Total Rondi Potchford move. <laughs> And someone else on Twitter got really—they were really angry at the idea of a three thousand pound bike. Mm. Oh, it's three thousand pounds. Yeah, they were, they were like, this, "This cunt deserves to have their bike stolen." Anyone who has a three thousand pound bike can fuck off and drive it into a canal. And I was like, "That's really mean. It's not even my bike." Humper <laughs> skull haunts you. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. And that's that. All right, you don't have a repost. I thought you were going to say something like... No, here's the top five things I want to say <laughs> yeah. to the people who accuse me of being a shit. The real feature we've been working towards <laughs> yeah. is my elitist response. Because <laughs> no, I think on, on some level I kind of agree. Yeah. Who rides around a £3,000 bike? If you have like, a £10 bike, who cares if it's stolen? Yeah. That'll be great. Anyway, hmm. the van move. You gotta get it. <laughs> gotta buy you a van move. You just gotta have one. Yeah. And that um, recovery bike hunter service is is for all van move customers. It's not just because I was a press thing. Mm. They weren't just like, oh, we better get this fucking journalist bike. In that, case, in that case, why didn't you get in touch with the recovery team instead of the PR? I did get in touch with the recovery team. Okay. And then the PR, because I thought he also should probably know that. Log yeah, just looked I mean, at me like, yeah, yeah right. Checkmate. <laughs> um, Checkmate. What Doctor I asked you this. I asked you this question on Twitter, but you never responded. Did they have guns? Did they have guns? <laughs> <laughs> or you like any kind of weapon? Angle grinders can fucking come into, clean. <laughs> they're going into potentially dangerous situations. Well, they did talk to me about this. They said um, that if, the, if there's anyone near the bike... They use missiles. <laughs> Drones. <laughs> We've got a missile just launcher. van moves. It's one of those ones you target paint. You just go... Beep, 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 like you fire it into the sky and it comes die. back down. Yeah, like a javelin. Yeah. yeah it's one javelin, of them. that's the one I was looking for. No, they're told... They're, they're trained... They're, they said trained. I bet they got an email about it. Just don't go... Like, if there's someone there, just, they won't go near them. They'll sort of hang back and just, like, scope out the situation and call the police. Not sure about that. They sound bad. They've got tranquilizer darts. <laughs> in their shoes. Knock out gas. <laughs> in their shoes. They do a little double click in the air and fire out a dart. Yeah. Oh. And that's that's the story about the time that one bike got stolen. It's really Crime. good. Crime. Crime seems to hang around this podcast like a bad smell. It's another crime special. The crimes of... What was your crimes? The crimes of safe Crimes cranking? of safe opposite cracking. The crimes of Rondi Potchford, the criminal from another dimension, <laughs> with analogous crimes. And the real crime of stealing a skull bike. Yeah, the undoable crime of 
van move bike theft. I want a feature now. I don't think I want one. Wow, look at that. Another hey, episode of Regulan Feet Pibs. It's in the and can. It's a good time, all had by all, in jail. Send it, upload it to the internet now. Not before I thank the Patreons, and specifically the new ones. We've got a guy called Ewan, like Newen Notley, who edited their he's pledge. Called, he's called Ewan Not Me. Ewan Notley. Ewan Not Me. If you do want to <laughs> look into Ewan Notley, so I'll say it really slowly and you can dox him to your heart's content, he's edited his pledge up. So that's good. Good boy. It? Well done. I like when it's revised upwards. So do I, because they've kind of listened and they've gone, you know what? You know what? This yeah, is actually worth that. more. I don't than need I this money. I actually thought it was. Uh, then we've got a new patron. That's good, isn't it? It's Ben H. I've got his email. I'm not going to say it. And that's how you know we appreciate you, Ben H. You're a great guy. I, I wonder what the H stands for. The H stands for hungry. He's hungry for good podcasts like us. <laughs> well, I hope we've sated your appetite for Until one next week. week. <laughs> uh, that's fine. Thanks, Steve, for your phone. I enjoyed reading the patrons. I'm never doing it again. But hey, well, if you would like to become a patron to support what we do on this podcast. Go to patreon.com forward slash regular features, and there you can subscribe to a per episode basis. Did on you, a per episode basis. Did you know that we updated the Patreon page recently? By which I mean Steve did it and made some of the B jokes more up to date and put my name on the page. I oh, Joe's on the Patreon page. Now. I'm part of the cell now. <laughs> I updated all the B stats. Yeah. You know. I just basically had to double all of the B stats. That's how double. long that we've been doing the patron. Bloody hell. Yeah. And they I've, shag I've, a lot. And on the extras bit of the website where we put some extra content up, which is like scripts and... Oh, I did some of Steve's Choose Your Own Adventures features as Twine Adventures. Oh, that's so good. So oh, yeah. if you want to play Steve's... The Foo oh, Fighters the Foo Fighters one, one is so good. If you want to play... That took me a while because that, that was quite a complicated logic one. Mm. So that was... It had actual branching variables and... It had branching and the the bottleneck where you had to explore everything in the first area before you got through to the bottleneck. And I was... It was a genuine joy doing that. There's an apple that Nick Cave gives you, which you need for another part of the adventure. Yeah, yeah. And turns out Twine's really good at doing that kind of shit. I loved... Learning twine to do that. Can you do my baby kissing president one one time? Because that I, I, had actual equipment you had to have in certain sections. Oh my god! And I made it all in PowerPoint, and then realised you couldn't upload PowerPoint to WordPress. I kind of enjoyed doing it, but I've done it once now. So. <laughs> so, well, maybe I'll do it one day. Oh, okay. Where can you find those things? That's a regular features with a dot between the regular feature and the es. Regularfeature.es, and if you just click on extras, you'll be transferred to the Encyclopedia, which has got lots of extra readable content you can have a look at. Dick.regularfeature.dick.regularfeature.x. Excellent. Wow, what a great time we create for all the people yeah. who love us. You should <laughs> check out check out the Patreon page, even if you don't want to chuck us any money. There are funny jokes on there. There's like some jokes on there. Maybe there's Unique some extras jokes. we forgot to make Patreon only. Who <laughs> yeah, even you knows might, these you might days? Get some freebies. <laughs> but if not, just tell your friends. And if you won't, 
then just please keep listening. And if you won't, <laughs> then I honestly don't know what to tell you. And honestly, one day we'll do another live show. We did a doodle and everything. We're um, inching towards a new live show. God, we are. And it's going to be great. It's we should talk about this off air. No, no, let's pound it out now okay. in front of all of them. <laughs> Readers, this is the most we've spoken about the live show with one another. In weeks. In weeks. <laughs> but it's going to happen. Thank Promise. you for listening. We'll be back next week with another podcast. God, I love you. Bye. Goodbye. That'll be a really good uh, jingle. <laughs>